Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The WWE is ruining all my jokes. Unbelievable. But we did indeed see CM Punk and Cody Rhodes arriving at the start of Raw. And usually I go, uh, where you been, you morons? You're really late for the show. But this time, they had like a time code in the corner. So now I know it was earlier in the day. Listen, my friends, it wasn't that funny to begin with. Also, hello and welcome to Ups and Downs. And it is Raw Rumble Week. Well, it's Raw Rumble Week. We do the Dance of Joy, which kind of looks like we're doing some kind of martial arts. But this is my favorite time of the year. And when it comes, this will rumble. I mean it from the bottom of my tootsie toes. This could be the best one ever. But was the roar before it any good? We find out by giving the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. Raw did switch gears after this, though, because Seth Rollins made his way to the ring. I tell you, I was really worried. This was because he was going to address the injury he did suffer last week. And given the time frame, it meant... He may miss WrestleMania, and I don't care, man. Maybe out of everybody on the WWE roster, Seth deserves to main event that damn thing more than anyone because he has been so consistent and he just cares so damn much. In many ways, he is very underrated. He was clearly emotional too as the fans went absolutely crazy for him where he did drop this clanger because that's right. In his match with Jinder Mahal, he did a springboard. Instantly, he knew that he'd hurt his knee. It is a grade 2 MCL tear, and if he does have to have surgery, that would take him out for three to four months, which means he would miss the granddaddy of them all. So what he's going to do is he's going to take it day by day, and he's going to try and rehab it. So join in with me. We're all going to cross our fingers and just hope he is able to do this, because I need Seth Rollins in that match. And the good news is the WWE must be confident, otherwise they would not have booked it this way. <laughs> because it is the start of Raw, somebody did have to interrupt. It was flubbing Imperium. I was like, what is going on? Now, instantly, Seth thought they were just going to beat him up because they are a bunch of goobers who said, let's just get on with it. But no, Gunther was like, ignore these two. You're talking to me, Gunther. He didn't say that. It turned out that the Intercontinental Champion had realized, though, that their paths had never actually crossed. So he decided to do it now. I was like, Gunther, man, bad time. As it turned out, though, he couldn't be any more gracious because he actually feels quite bad for Seth Rollins. Because when it comes to the World Heavyweight Championship, he's a lot like Gunther. He has defended it with pride and dignity and loyalty and honor and respect. And he thinks he is a wonderful champion. And that makes him warm and fuzzy in his tum-tum. Gunther kept insinuating that it was such a shame that Rollins was going to miss WrestleMania when he took his own mic and said, you didn't let me finish, you absolute point, Dexter. I am going to be at WrestleMania and I am going to defend this title. And coming out the other side, I will still be the champion because I'm Seth freaking Rollins. This actually pleased Gunther, though, because he has a plan of his own, which is to win the Royal Rumble, go on to WrestleMania, challenge Seth, and then he'll take his title by going after the injured leg. 
man. This guy, he's so like awful, but so cool at the same time. And he really is an end of level boss. They then kind of warned the other one that they will be looking out for each other when they did shake hands. And this was so damn smart because one, it made the Royal Rumble feel like the biggest deal ever. Two, it made that world title feel like the biggest deal ever. And three, even though we're convinced we are gonna be doing Seth Rollins versus CM Punk, this just puts something in your brain that went, well, maybe we won't. It also makes you question who is the favorite when it comes to the Raw Rumble. So man, this was so, so good. And it actually looks like Seth is gonna be okay. So once again, cross those fingers. And in terms of just enjoying what this was, this is getting it up. And yes, look, Gunther at one point said the Raw Rumble was gonna be on Sunday. That's not his fault. He used to live over this side of the world and all pay-per-views feel like they're on Sunday. Although the old Sunday ones were actually on Monday, but a Saturday one is on a Sunday. What? Michael Cole rectified this though, because we cut to him and he basically went, ha ha, the Royal Rumble is Saturday. Hey, do you know the Royal Rumble is Saturday? Please come on Saturday. But look, everybody makes mistakes. It really doesn't matter. The best part as well is that given that Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser were with their dad, all of a sudden the New Day attacked them because they are involved in a blood feud and they're about to have a match. I really like how WWE segues these segments together. Kofi Kingston eventually got the tag too and just decided to go dive, 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 dive. When Xavier Woods also leveled up and these lot just kicked the crap at each other so bad that when they're on the outside, they forgot they were in a match. The ref went, well, sucks to be you. I'm counting you all out. I really don't think either team cared though because they just kept throwing fisty cuffs. Anytime somebody tried to take somebody else out, somebody else here was to take them out instead. And then ended with a new day doing some crazy spears off some box-like structures through some tables. And at that point, the crowd didn't even care that they'd done a double count out. They just wanted to see death. And surely now we can do this at the Rumble and put some kind of mad stipulation in there. And honestly, every single person in this deserves all the credit in the world. They have made this come across like the most intense, important thing ever. And I'm so damn dialed in. Quite looking forward to see where it does go. Up. Then got a video reminding you that we are going to get Drew McIntyre versus Damian Priest later. When very nicely, we were backstage with a judgment day. Rhea Ripley was super mad at Damian as well because he keeps walking around picking fights with people. And now look what's happened. He's been talking to Adam Pearce. And next week, it is going to be DIY challenging for their tag team titles. Whoops. Now, Priest was kind of surprised by this and kind of insinuated that maybe Ripley needs to stop going into Pierce's office and she's to blame. But also, don't worry about it because he'll deal with them and he'll deal with Drew later too. Damo is also annoyed at Ripley because he now feels like she's got a big head after it was announced she's going to be one of the cover stars for WWE 2K24. More power to her. She totally deserves this. This was quite funny because if you looked at JD McDonough in the background, when Damien Priest first mentioned a big head, he was like, well, how dare you? Then he realized. Priest then stormed off because he was mad when Rhea turned her attention to Dominic Mysterio and JD and was like, listen, you weren't able to deal with DIY, so you better be able to deal with the Miz later. The whole time, Finn Balor was like Stone Cold Steve Austin 2001, just throwing in little barbs. So he also got told off. And basically, Ripley wants more fire from everybody. The edict was also made that nobody was going to help Priest later, whereas Finn better go out there with Dommy Boy and JD McDonut. So yeah, I mean, to kind of sum this up, Mammy was not happy. He also told Finn Balor that he needs to get more vicious, so I presume that Sid is about to come back. But really, we were just laying all the breadcrumbs in here. You'd have to imagine that eventually, Damien Priest is going to get kicked out. I also think you could kind of flip that on its head, and it was actually the condom who turns on Rhea Ripley, because everybody wants to cheer her anyway. And can you imagine the heat for that? I mean, it'll be pretty damn big. So even though this was kind of transitional, I just thought it put loads in place. It got me very intrigued. I'm actually going to give it an up. Ivy Nile and Maxine Dupree were then getting ready for Ivy's match, which is going to happen in about eight seconds, when the Alpha Academy also walked in and said, good luck, Ivy Nile. We hope that you win. It's 
very nice. It means we then did get right into Ivy taking on Valhalla, and I will tell you this. Admittedly, it could have gone a bit longer, but sometimes the ends do justify the means. And because Nile just sort of ran through her here, and she's like a witch or a voodoo queen or whatever, I actually thought it was very effective. Now, Valhalla was still trying to cheat during this, because every time she went for a pin, she put her feet on the ropes. I was like, Matt, I don't think your ancestors are going to be very happy with that. Ultimately, though, it just made Noel mad, so she threw Valhalla into Tina the Turnbuckle and hit her with a top rope bulldog, and she got the one, two, three. But honestly, she had this facial expression on her face. Obviously, where else would it be? And I was like, we have definitely got something here, and it's time to cook. We also think that maybe one day she could be a future champion because she just has this plucky underdog spirit. So here we have told the audience, you better keep an eye on this one, because she's about to go nuts. Good. Jey Uso was then checking on the New Day, which got me very excited because, of course, if you are going to be getting involved with that mix, it does mean maybe we could do Gunther versus Jay, and Uso becomes the brand new Intercontinental Champion. That would be huge. Xavier Woods also dropped in the line that they're not playing anymore because they are one of the best teams ever. And they've got a great shout, by the way. When Kofi made it clear, listen, everybody wants to go for a championship, or so do I. So next week, Gunther, it's you versus me, IC title. And I actually went, whoa! There's something wrong with me. You really can't get mad at it though, because when it comes to people you want to get behind, Kofi basically does this effortlessly. And I tell you, at least once, they will make me bite on a near fall. You'll get a one-two-oo. Given that we do have a pay-per-view premium live event upcoming as well, it was time to cross the streams. And good, I like it when we do this. It's almost like that draft is a little bit silly billy. Nia Jax was out first, and she just thought everything was hilarious, because she was all like, ha did you see Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley yelling at each other last week? i tell you why they did do that, because they don't want to face me, so now they're just going after each other. Becky then interrupted because her name had been said a lot, and she too thought things were amusing. She was like, oh, well, you beat me, Nia Jax, well done. Now you have something to talk about for the next five years. I was a little bit like, well, Lynch, it is kind of a big deal. She probably should gloat. She also told Jax that she needs to worry about her back in the Royal Rumble because every single person in the locker room thinks that she absolutely sucks, especially because half of them got injured by none other than Nia inside baseball. It also means that the man can have two happy moments on Saturday or Sunday if you are Gunther, because one, she's going to win the Royal Rumble, and two, she can throw Nia Jax out. This is where the madness continued, because Bailey just walked out, and she's a SmackDown star. She was like, uh, excuse me, there seems to be some confusion here, because it is I that shall be winning the Royal Rumble. Because somebody is lying. She wasn't really messing around either, because when she was finished, she just thumped Becky Lynch. But this went so damn bad, because essentially... She just got crushed into the mat. And I was like, Bells, well, at least you tried. Nia was also able to crush her windpipe with a leg drop too, when, of course, Jax grabbed Becky and threw her over the top rope. So you now have a visual and can go, oh my gosh, that's what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble. Don't do this. You're like a robot out of control. I would suppose as well that does mean that Becky will throw Jax out, which is what we should do. Although either Bailey or Bex could win, and that would be fine. But don't forget the wild card too. I think we may be about to see a Jade Cargill. I really do think the Bailey arriving here gave it some flair, though, because again, it doubled down on this message that the Royal Rumble is super duper important. Giving it up. I mean, if nothing else, if Bailey does win, you have that story with EO Sky, which would write itself when we got the Royal Rumble numbers video. And I tell you, how am I meant to even get through a year if I don't get the Royal Rumbles video? I get scared that the world's going to explode. Sounded sarcastic. I didn't mean it. I really like these things. There was two of them, so I was happy. We also made sure that Lynch and Rhea Ripley then did run into each other again with Ripley saying, oh, good day, mate. You don't want to face me at Mania because I'll kick your ass. So surely this is just a way of telling us that they are going to do that match. I tell you, man. WrestleMania 40, it is going to be wicked. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We then kind of got a shock, or at least I would call it that. Don't know why. Sometimes my brain does some things. We went right into The Miz versus Dominic Mysterio. Now, my surprise did come in the fact that the condom did win, but this is why The Miz is such an asset, because he hasn't really done much of anything lately, but I still presumed he would get the victory. When he didn't, I was like, well, damn, Dominic. So proud. And of course, Finn Balor was being an absolute goober because Ripley had told him to do that, and JD McDonough was also casting distraction. So when you break down the wrestling maths, was essentially three on one. In men, as soon as McDonough had cast distraction, Balor just booted the Miz right in the head, which meant he got hit with the 619. As Dommy Boy hit the splash of the frogs, and he got the one, two, three. Now they can go back to Mammy and be like, look, we did what you told us. Can you please calm down? Finn also made sure to kick Miz's ass after this, which of course is when DIY came out there to turn the tables. I am very intrigued about this tag team title match next week. Like, you could change those belts. And if you don't, how are you going to tie that in when we do get to WrestleMania? So look, we still have a lot of work to do, but that's a good thing. Also, this is going to happen the day after the Royal Rumble. Talk about continuing that momentum. Give it enough. This all carried on as well because we cut right to Jackie Redman, who was interviewing Damien Priest. He was very happy that the condom had won. Before we could talk about anything else, though, our truth walked in because he wanted to give Priest the rest of the bootleg merchandise money. This just made me so damn happy. Damo was like, look, that's great, but not now. We'll get to it later. That's because he wants to focus on Drew McIntyre instead because he just bitches and moans about everything. And look, when the whole world was struggling, sure, you were doing really well. And then what went down when everyone was back at 100%? You absolutely suck. That's why it's jealousy that forces Drew to stop Priest cashing in the money on the bank on Seth Rollins. And therefore, he has to kill him. He didn't say that. This also led to the internet melting down going, why didn't Damien Priest cash in on Seth Rollins during the opening segment? I thought we made this very clear. Gunther and Imperium were out there literally saying, we don't get involved in those kind of shenanigans. We want to beat you one, two, three in the middle of the ring. So if Damo had tried, he would have just been thumped by the ring general. I mean, I thought that was the whole reason they did it. Bronson Reed was then mad at Jay Uso because he was like, oh, man, Jay, I'm the person going after titles now, so you're not allowed to do it. So I do think they're going to have a match next week when we got the ultimate in fun. It was Ivar versus Chad Gable. As we talked about too, this was basically David versus Goliath without a stupid slingshot. Although in this scenario, David 
was super strong because I tell you, Chad was German suplexing this guy around like he was nothing. Trust me, he's most definitely something. I've asked Crazy 2 and at one point he hurled Gable out of the ring and hit a splash onto the floor. I was like, what are you doing? When Chad came back with this insane explosive suplex from the top of T to the turnbuckle and then he got hit with a bomb of power. Just a massive round of applause. Gable then just started transitioning into all these submissions to make it tease that he was going to make Ivar kick out, but Ivar's so strong, once again, he was just pulverizing him. And when Chad was able to get out of the way of the moonsault, he hit another German suplex. And I told you, that was a proper Eitzvai, ooh, I was totally in. This, of course, is when Valhalla got too worried and she just got in Chad Gable's face. But do you know what she did? I kid you not this. Ah! I suppose that would work. Scare the shiv out of you. I'm going to presume she made some kind of potion as well and threw it into Chad's face, which allowed Ivar to hit the moonsault. One, two, three. Now, a part of me thinks that the fans were so into this, you could have given Chad Gable the win. It's kind of weird we're not talking about him in reference to the Intercontinental Titan anymore. But screw all of that. If I'm going to be entertained to this level, you bet your ass you're getting an up. It rocked. You also wouldn't have thought about that for too long anyway, though, because Raw was about to peak. It was one of the best things they've done in ages. Now came Cody Rhodes, and before he could say anything, CM Punk joined him, because there's no point standing on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. This had been advertised all week. Let's get into the face-to-face. -face. WWE has done such a good job with both guys, too. The fans just went crazy at the start of this. And imagine I had told you this two years ago. This is what you were going to be seeing in a WWE ring. You would have come up to me and smacked me right in the face. And I'd be like, man, yeah, you're right. I totally deserved it. They also shook hands as somewhat of a red herring. Because, man, when they got into this, we are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Because Punk wanted to make sure they did take all of this in because it was a special moment. But his big concern is that come Sunday morning, they are still going to be friends. Gunther was probably in the back going, what do you mean? You wouldn't even have the Raw Rumble then. What's the problem? Cody then dropped his whole, what do you want to talk about? And Punk had an answer ready. He said, you're dead. He went really quiet. You could hear Christian Cage getting excited. And this was because back in 2007, Punk did receive a call from Dusty Rose. who said, listen, my son is coming to OVW and I want you to keep an eye on him. As CM Punk said, when the American dream asks you a favor, you don't say no. It turned out this wasn't hard at all, though, because Cody stayed away from all of the trappings that most wrestlers back then did fall foul of. And look at him now. He has gone from opening guy to proper main eventer. And if Punk is being honest with himself, he's really proud of him. Things are going to be different at the Rumble, though, because Punk has to break this promise, because no longer is he going to be looking out for Cody. He's going to be looking for him because he wants to throw him over the top rope. I was like, man. That is a good line. Cody then stepped in because he's like, man, this is nothing new. Anytime somebody does want to talk about me, they do have to talk about my dad. And I understand that because he did set a big shadow. But look at me now. I am finally stepping out of it. He also admitted that his hire down in OVW was pure nepotism. But even then, when he did bump into Punk, somebody who had been busting his ass on the indie scene for 10 years, he didn't treat him this way. And he treated him like a peer and he treated him like a friend. And even all those years later, Rhodes had never forgotten it. The thing is, though, this is a bittersweet moment because there are no friends in the Royal Rumble. I was like, man, you've got to go and watch this. Punk then went back to this idea of being buddies. He's like, listen, I can separate the business from the personal stuff. But can you? <laughs> Look, surely that must have been a lie to make us all raise an eyebrow. And he knows that too. But it also ties into when Cody left AEW. That's basically what he said. It's personal. This kind of sparked something off on both of them because all of a sudden they raised their game. And Punk was like, wait a minute. You keep talking about the American dream. But you know who my dad was? He was just an electrician. I didn't get any fast passes here. I had to work my way to the top. So actually, when you think about it, I'm more American dream than you are. This crowd, they just went, ooh. 
so did I. Rhodes then spanked him back because he was all like, oh yeah, well I remember that pipe bomb you did, where you quite literally led out a pathway to revolutionize the business. Then what did you do? You went home. So while you talked, I walked, I did all of those things. So I am now more CM Punk than you. I was like, that's it, I gotta lay down. It then improved further, because Punk was like, listen Cody, you have carried this company on your back for two years. That's why it's going to be terrible when you're not going to be able to finish your story because a bigger star comes back from the wilderness and stops you. Now look, one, he was talking about himself, but also this has to have been a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to The Rock. Because back in 2012, whatever it was, Punk was annoyed about that too. Cody then shut all this down because he said, listen, I'm only moving in one direction and that's forward, which means I have to go through you. When he dropped his mic and he shoulder barged CM Punk, when Punk grabbed him and they went face to face and they kissed. Man, <laughs> any kiss, I went and ruined it. I'm really sorry. They then did separate as Punk made sure to pop over to the commentators and say, man, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and put your money on me. But this was so damn good and WWE has now made me desperate for CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes while at the same time telling me, oh my gosh, the Royal Rumble matters. Oh my gosh, world titles matters. And oh my gosh, WrestleMania main events. Well, they really matter. So this was Next Level Stuff and your homework today is to go and watch this. And if you don't like it, you just don't like the way WWE does sports entertainment, which is perfectly fine. But when it comes to this bald goober, I'm not just giving it up. I'm giving it a golden up. It's set my world alight. Talk about a 182, because we then cut to a video of Hulk Hogan who is getting ready to celebrate the anniversary of a WrestleMania, when he also talked about the Royal Rumble and how maybe he will be in it. But I think I can sum that up for us all in just one word. No, that's it. When we did it again. Honestly, Brittany, would you go away? I mean, it's getting hard because I'm starting to sound like a broken record and I'm boring myself, but it was Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark taking on Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Look, I thought it was a fine, good tag team match, but once again, we just zoomed through it so fast just feels like WWE doesn't really care about it. It also gives the idea that the tag team titles are kind of just there. And look, I think Stark and Baszler as a team are really, really good. And when it comes to Indy and Candice, they are so easy to like because they come across like warm, lovely people. Ultimately though, Larray thought she had got it one after she escaped the Kerafuda clutch, but she didn't realize that Stark had tagged in. She hit the Z360, one, two, three, done. Now we did get some interesting post action because the champions, Katana, Chance and Caden Cutter were watching this. When from nowhere, it turned out all of Damage Control had come to Raw because the Kabuki Warriors and Takota Kai, well, they whipped their ass. Really to give you the impression as well that Oscar and Kairi Sane will be champions soon, but are we going to do a three-way? Because you've got to do something with Zoe Stark and Jaina Baszler. I do understand rushing this as well when on a two-hour show, but not on a three, so I'm just going to say this. In terms of what we did here and planting those seeds, I am going to give it an up, but for the overall feeling of the thing, I am going to give it a down. Just go and watch other ups and downs if you want my opinion on this. I know I keep going on about it, but the division is growing and growing and getting better and better. I just think we need to stoke those fires a wee little bit. Jackie Redman then went and found Drew McIntyre, mostly because she wanted his opinions on everything with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. He is so good though, because he was just like, well, I don't care. And he's more interested in talking about Damian Priest. Because of course, earlier he gave that fine speech, but he wasn't thinking about Goldberg, he wasn't thinking about Brock Lesnar, he wasn't thinking about AJ Styles, because he had beaten a ton of people when he was the world champion. Don't you come into my house and talk nonsense. He is totally proud of what he had accomplished too. And he's also sick and tired of everyone going, eh, I want to finish my story. Because there's only one chosen one, and it's him. He's right right now. This is the best stuff of Drew's career. Every single week he gets better and better and better. I also think if you do need a replacement for Seth Rollins, he's probably the guy. <laughs> we cut to Adam Pearce. 
and he was being yelled at by damage control, as well as Natalia and Tegan Knox. Adam was totally sick of this too and was like, oh man, would you just wait until the rumble? When he turned to Bailey, he was like, listen, what you did too was totally uncalled for. The Kalkai felt like if Pierce had a problem with it, maybe he should talk to Nick Aldis. Adam was like, well, I tried, but he's always looking at himself in the mirror. And I was like, oh, well. He's Lex Luger from the early 90s. Bailey then repeated that she will be winning the Royal Rumble, whereas the Kabuki Warriors win the tag team champions, so he's gonna have to see more of them soon. He looked utterly depressed. And as soon as they walked away, in walked Jinder Mahal and Inder Sheer, which meant Veer had come all over Raw. Jinder too was basically loving the fact he had injured Seth Rollins, and Adam Pearce said he was gonna sit down with them in his office. For some reason, the camera person didn't follow him in there, so we don't know where this is going, and they come and go from TV so much, I shall remain cautiously optimistic. But you may as well do something with them. Sometimes you can get an injury and pull the best out of it. I mean, that's essentially what we did with Becky Lynch all those years ago when we got to our main event. I was like, well, this is intriguing because Drew McIntyre shouldn't lose and Damian Priest shouldn't lose. And then Damian Priest went and lost. Shit. They really went at it though, because at one point Priest jumped off Sim of the Steel Steps and Drew McIntyre and slammed his ass. And then they were using Rita the Ring Post, they were using Ali the Announce Table. And I checked my watch, it's like, this has only been going for about 12 seconds. McIntyre must have taken a potion or something after that as well, because he was right back on his feet, where he hit Damien with a neck break because he hates his neck. And even though he missed the Claymore, he still got a spine buster. Ridiculous. The wrestling tennis then continued when Priest decided, well, I'm just going to do a dive. When our truth turned up, because he'd taken that chat literally earlier and thought this was later, so I'll give you the money now. Some people don't like this, and I get it. It made me laugh out loud. I just think it's a bunch of fun. The distraction also allowed McIntyre to hit the future jump TDT when Truth was trying to get into the briefcase, and he was shouting out, what's the password? What's the password? I really think he should be featured on TV all of the time, and when he's not on camera, all the other characters are asking, well, where's our truth? It really did piss off McIntyre, though, who went and wrecked truth, meaning this cash went everywhere. But because the referee had to go and try and recall order, this is when Damien snuck up on McIntyre. He hit the big choke slam, and he had the one, two, three. But damn it, there was no one to count. It sent Damien totally mad at truth, because of course he was like, you ruined it, you ruined it, and he threw him to the floor. But you already know that counts as a pseudo distraction. He got in the ring, he got smacked with a claymore kick, and he lost. Man. I think he's going to destroy our truth. Well, I just want to say bravo to everyone in this because this was a really well thought out match and a really well thought out angle. And now you can go in multiple directions. Truth surely is going to be the reason that Priest gets booted out of the Judgment Day too. So don't pretend this doesn't have consequences. So yeah, for like what, the 52 week in a row, this was a great main event. Giving it an up. Which indeed brought us to the end of Raw and I am going to give it an up because all this show needed to do was get me to sit there and say aloud, I cannot wait for the Raw Rumble. Really felt that way. Now I feel it times two. So we are pointing to the sky. Now, of course, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs. So collision to support all of ups and downs. Like the video, share the video, subscribe, leave a comment below, and all of that nonsense. And yes, we have loads to cover this week, but we're going to cover all of it because I am Mr. Ups and Downs. My birth certificate says, see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.